Are you ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Relationships Rule. I'm very excited to have as a guest today, Liz Wendling. Liz, I met, wow, I think uh, through some connection book we were in, or was it a book? A a summit. It was the summit, Miriam. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. right. Yes. And I make it a point of finding all those keen people and key people that were part of the event or the summit or the book or whatever and connecting with them. And when I came across Liz, I found a gold mine. I was so excited (laughs) to meet Liz and so glad that you're here, Liz. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Janice. Let's do it. Yes, absolutely. So Liz, I just want to tell my audience uh, a little bit because this is where we're going to dig right in. Liz is a nationally recognized speaker, a sales consultant, and author of six books. Her two most recent are The Heart of Authentic Selling and Sell Without Selling Your Soul. That one is specifically for women in business, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Liz is driven by the mantra, it's not what you sell, it's how you sell that matters. And I love that because um, here we all are, women, men, doesn't matter. We're entrepreneurs, we're business owners, we're even in career sales, you know, for corporations, doesn't matter what we do, we have to sell. But that seems to be the most hated thing that people want, you know, have to do. So sorry, about that. So tell me, Liz, how do you turn people around? Why is that the most hated thing? What is it? Well, it's always because someone has a negative mindset around that. No different than someone that says diets don't work. Love relationships don't work. All men suck. All women suck. It's a mindset. And I, most of the time people will say to me, I love what I do, but I hate to sell. I love my work, but I hate to sell. And every time I hear someone say, I love what I do, but I hate to sell. I have them say, I love what I do, but I hate to make money. I love what I do, but I hate money. I love working with clients, but I just hate money. And, and it's not about going out there and selling people something they don't need. Your service or products product is an exchange. You are exchanging your expertise for money. That's how an orthopedic surgeon gets gets paid, right? And there is, so there's a point where women especially have to stop hiding behind the fact that they hate to do something they don't know how to do. And most of the time they hate it because of what they think they have to do to get someone to buy from them. So they think they've got to push and be Uh, aggressive and make people do things they don't want to do when in fact that's not selling at all that's being a jerk yeah and uh, so whenever I hear women say I don't want to be salesy I don't want to be self-serving and I don't want to be pushy Janice I'm hoping we dive into this today because every time a woman says I don't want to be self-serving pushy aggressive they're actually showing up that way they actually sound self-serving aggressive salesy and pushy because 
of the language choices they're making, the words they're putting in an email, the messages they're leaving in a voicemail actually makes them sound as salesy as it gets. So mm -hmm. a lot of people will be surprised with some of the words and language, language that people use that make them sound like an old school salesperson. The very thing they want to avoid is what they sound like. They sound like, wow, you know, I'm going to age myself, but back Back in the day, I used to teach customer service and I taught a lot through the, I was a trainer at the local telephone company mm -hmm. and we'd sell big phone systems to organizations and we would um, go out and train them on how to use them. And then the soft skills, I'd take the receptionists and the, the first point of uh, contact in the different departments and I'd do phone um conversation, you know, uh, mm -hmm. phone courtesy with them. And back in those days, I used to hear all the time when I'd listen to um, those people answer the phone, they would say things like, uh, and they were always women, nine, nine out of 10 times. And they would say things like, I'm sorry, he's not here at the moment. Um, uh, he's, uh, um, you know, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I missed you, or I sorry, I missed the call, or they're always apologizing. Yes, and they were always making excuses. And that was a I realized and showed those people what they were doing is it was more about, again, their belief or lack of belief in their, in themselves and the power that they had to take action. He's out for lunch right now. May I take a message? Not right. sorry. He's out for lunch. Okay. Okay. Can you help me then? You know, right. Right. Um, lots of things like that. It's the same principle I feel and think about with, um, the sales piece, the yes. languaging around sales and not apologizing, um, which women do all the time. Can you and men do it too. And, men, and Janice, yeah. it isn't only, I'm so sorry. Think of it this way. I know you're busy, so I won't take up too much oh. of your time. I know you have a lot on your plate, so I'll get to the point. I know you have way more going on than I do. I'm just oh. sitting here trying to make a living and you're busier than me. It isn't, Yes, it's about the words, but it's the energy and, and how it lands on someone. So when you say to someone, I know you're busy, I won't take up too much of your time. That isn't for the other person. That is typically for the person who's using it. You feel like you have to apologize for doing your job. You feel like you have to say, I'm so sorry. I know you're busy. I'm not because of how you feel inside you. Yeah, it's your, it's your mindset and your lack of confidence, right? So when someone says, I don't want to sound salesy or self-serving and they say something crappy like that, I know you're busy and I won't take up too much of your time. The person who you just said that to is thinking, all right, well, you just took up too much of my time with that stupid saying, stop yeah. it and get to the point. Yeah. So all this time when someone says, I don't want to do this, what they don't realize is that's what, what it's like playing golf. And you say, I don't want to go in the sand trap. Well, your yeah, brain only hears go in the sand trap. Right. So when you say, I don't want to sound salesy and you show up salesy anyway, so you're not doing yourself any favors declaring what you don't want to be. Let's talk about who you do want to be and how you do want to show up. Okay, so can you give me a perfect example of turning that around and showing up the way you, in today's world, the way you would do it? Well, I would first say stop apologizing, stop right. minimizing yourself, stop putting yourself in a less than position by apologizing for you being a strong business person. Stop making you look like you're less than everyone else. 
by showing up with the energy of I'm less than you. I'm just trying to get your attention. My time, your time is more valuable than mine. So I tell people, leave it out. Why do you have to say, I know you're busy. I won't take up your time or I'm so sorry to bother you. Sorry to be a pest. Take that language out. It doesn't belong in that conversation and step into the power that you own versus giving away your power in the first sentence of a phone call. So it doesn't belong there. Get to the meat of the message. So I'm, if you said something like, I know you're busy, so I won't take up too much of your time. What if in your head you said it didn't come out of your mouth? What would be the next sentence? You start with the very next sentence. All right. So if you don't, if you want to get to the point, sorry, you're busy. I know you're busy. I'll get to the point. Well, then get there. (laughs) So the whole idea is then get into the meat of your message. I can't tell someone what to say because I don't know what they're calling about. But when you call and say, Janice, I'm glad I caught you. Or, oh, Janice, I'm so glad you're, I got you live. Reason I'm calling is. Yes. There you go. Right. I mean, take the ch- not control, you don't want to be controlling, but you're taking charge of what you're doing. People are busy. They don't have five seconds to waste on lame language that puts you in a bad spot. Okay. Stand up and own it. I think it's, would you agree that it's, that it's fine to say, Hey, I'm glad you're there. Thanks for taking my call or thanks for picking up the phone. I always like that today because nobody does. And those that do, I appreciate that. Thanks Absolutely. For my call. That- you know, I want to, See, now I could stop myself right away, right? Um, See? Or I'm calling about, or I want to share with you or something like that. Just yes. to get right into it that I would assume would be okay. But and, you know, and not to use three or four of them. Oh, I'm so right. glad you picked up the phone. It's so nice to talk to you. I'm so like, okay. just pick one and get to the point. Got it. Okay. So language is really important. And there are, um, I've heard you um, in some of your videos talk about the so many of those trite phrases that we use and that are outdated. And um, I know one of your phrases is to say, when you change your language, you change your results. Yes. And I think that's a good thing to keep in my head. So um, so let's t- talk about follow-up because now follow-up is the same thing. It's whether you write the email or whether you pick up the phone and leave a voice message or however you do it, Do you have a rule of thumb around how to do that effectively? Well, I tell people that follow-up is not an activity. It's a process. You you have to look at follow-up as a process in your business. It isn't one activity. Oh, let me follow up with Jan. No, it's not that. So what I, first of all, I call it the F word because it is. You might, the next time you want to type out, I'm just following up, treat it as if you use the real F word. But it isn't only follow up. It's following up, touching base, reaching out, checking in. We are talking about 40 years ago, we've been using that same phrase. And sometimes we'll say, just following up, just touching base, just wanted to try you one more time, thought I would follow up, but I I haven't heard from you. I sent you 17 other messages. So I always tell people, first of all, strip out those words, strip out following up, touching base, reaching out and checking, and they don't belong in our conversations. First of all, you're already doing the act of follow up. Why do you have to announce? I'm I'm going to take an inhale now, Janet, uh, Janice, and now I'm going to exhale, Janice. 
No, you don't have to announce what you're doing. You're breathing. Just do it. You're following up. Just do it. So it's stripping that out and understanding that follow up is a continuation of what you've already started. Right. Isn't that what what it really is? And if people are not getting back to you, it has nothing to do with your message. You can send 15 follow-up messages. If people are avoiding you, what that tells me is that you missed the mark in your sales conversation. It means someone doesn't feel connected and confident to get back to you. You've, you did something in the conversation that caused them to completely disconnect from you and avoid all your communication. So go ahead. You had a thought. I did have a thought because I'm in a process right now with somebody who I had a an initial um sales call, I guess. Okay. And they, um, they asked lots of questions. They were looking at, you know, different ways that they could do. This is for LinkedIn training. Mm -hmm. And it's a strange time right now with July, August, they're in a, I don't want to say who's business, what business it was, but, um, uh, I was just looking at on their LinkedIn profile, their their posts, and they've been busy and whatever, because I haven't heard back from her. Okay. And I thought, maybe I'll just send a quick message by uh, LinkedIn. And I don't even know what now what I said, but I, I would be curious to yeah, know. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, because maybe um, I was thinking, uh, here it is. Okay. Let's see if I did. I, I'm, I said... Hope you had a great July 4th celebration and that you've survived the crazy weather happening in the Northeast. Okay. And here it is. I thought I'd check back with you to see if you're still thinking of doing some LinkedIn training or if you have any questions for me. Okay. That was it. Okay. All right. All right. A couple of, let's just be transparent because if I'm honest with you, someone will learn from it. A couple of, a couple of fails inside of that. So I am Unless you really know someone, first of all, if if you and I know each other now a couple of weeks, I still wouldn't even put in an email, hey, Janice, I hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. I wouldn't start there. I would end there. That's so funny because I had it the other way around and then I changed it. See, because when you say to someone, hey, I hope you're doing well. Hope hope you had a great weekend. I hope all is well. I hope this email finds you well. The recipient is thinking, no, you freaking don't. You are. Do I really think you sat there and thought, oh, I hope Liz had a really wonderful weekend? No, nobody believes that anymore. So I'm not suggesting you not be nice, Janice. I'm suggesting there's there's a way to re-engineer an email these days. And so I would put that at the end. P.S. I hope you survived. I saw the crazy weather in the Northeast, something like that. But but. Here's where I where I I try to dig in first is how did you end that meeting with this particular person? How what was the last communication you had with, let's call her Mary Smith? What did you say to Mary at the end of that? I it was weird because usually what I do is I try to book a follow up call with them, but I didn't because I felt like she was definitely in control and she was saying, I'm going to review all of this over the next little while. I do have a project I'm doing, she said, but um, I'm going to review it and I will get back to you, you know, the kiss of death, I'll get back to you. But that, but I didn't think it was over. I didn't. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's how it ended. How do you typically end up? Do you typically try to get a meeting booked? Yeah, okay. I typically will say, 
I don't know what, what, why I didn't do that in this particular instance. Uh Um, She wasn't a typical type of client for me. And so there could have been something there from my side internally, but, um, but I normally will say something like, you know, absolutely. Would it be okay if um, we set a time on our calendar, we get so busy and I'll just, we'll just do a quick follow-up call. Either way, it doesn't matter. Like something to take the pressure off, but to book the call. Okay. But all the language you just used, when you read, when you listen to this recording, everything you said, you gave away your power. Would it be okay? Could we get something on there just to check in, just to make sure you stay connected? (laughs) (laughs) So this is the kind of stuff, Janice, and I appreciate you being a model and showing that I know you, and I know you're a kind lady, and I know you're only trying to keep that momentum going. But here's where that language, we take all the air out of the tires and then we think the car's going to go somewhere. Okay, right? can you frame it for me? So it sounded like when you were describing this person, she was asking all of the questions versus you. Okay, so mm-hmm. let she might've just been one of those people that had no interest in doing business with you, someone who's interested answers questions because you're the driver, the, you're the person. She did did ask what, Oh, okay. All right. It was a back and forth and she had her social media guy on the call as well. Okay. All right. Yeah. So then I, I personally would have handled it a little differently. And this way I teach my clients is at the end of the meeting, asking to book a next meeting is a little there's a little pressure in that. Mm-hmm. That's making me behave on your timeline versus you behaving on mine, the buyer. Yeah. So when so to me, it sounds that languaging is a little outdated. Everybody will say, oh, you got to book that next meeting. Don't leave one call without the next yeah. one. All right. If it was still 1995, I'd say, all right, that's perfect. We're oh, not wow. anymore. Okay. So it is. So remember, follow-up is a process. It's not an event. Mm-hmm. You treated it like an event. So I would say, if it, let's say I'm going to channel that woman that you were on the phone with. I might say, yeah, Janice, I, I appreciate your honesty and you're going to review everything. And it's, you know, it's nice to know you're looking at some options and I appreciate your communication. How would you like us to stay in communication? Now, this is you on the phone or a Zoom call with someone collaborating around follow-up, not you saying, hey, I want to get you on my calendar so I can try to sell you a little more. And I know that's not what you said, but that's what they heard. Yes. Yes. I love that. So okay. how would you like us to move forward? Yeah. So yeah. if I said to you, hey, Janice, I know you're going to get crazy. I'm going to get crazy. We're in that July, August timeframe where people are on vacation. What, what do you want us to do next? What's the next step? Let me tell you versus you telling me. The buyer is, I don't want you to completely give up the control to the buyer, but I want you to be collaborative. I -hmm. want everyone to think that this is a we situation, not me trying to tell you, well, here's what I want want to do. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, 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 and when the language does get changed, so when I say change your language, change your results, Mm -hmm. it is amazing when I get in there and I work with someone and we shift all the language and they'll say to me, holy crap, Liz, I sent one 
one message and that person got right back to me <laughs> or it only took two tries to get a hold of this person or I've emailed this person 10 times and they're not responding. And then I give them some language to kind of kick up the dust again. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, that person got right back to me. But if you sound like everyone else inside their inbox, everyone else sounds a lot like the message you left. Everyone says, just checking in, following up, touching base. You're ready to get started. I know we talked about that. It isn't enough to get people to keep the momentum going. So can I, can I save her? Can I salvage this if she doesn't answer me? Yeah, you, you might be able to go back and say to her, see, there was no problem in that email, meaning you didn't say to her, you and I talked about the potential of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you were struggling with this or wanted mm -hmm. some help around that. I don't know if that's still a priority or still on your radar, but it, let's either keep the momentum going or figure out what a ne next step looks like if there is a next step. So there's a lot more. There's just more ways to engage someone than your basic, boring, bland, vanilla, generic, and outdated, same old, lame old language of just following up. Yeah, perfect. I fell right into your trap and it's perfect. I, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. thank you. Thank you for no, showing yeah. everybody that this is not intuitive. This is not, this is why people call me and say, I need a makeover. I need your sales clinic. I need to be in your messaging makeover. And once you do it and fix it, you never need me again. That's the best part. You so, yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna say, so tell me, tell me how you feel about um do you ever do LinkedIn messaging for uh, working messages on LinkedIn, that kind of thing? Like a prospecting message? Yes. Absolutely, all the time. Yes. Okay. So um obviously none of us want to be pitched. So we don't want the first message to be a pitch, right? And it happens all the time. And it happens all the time. Then we've got some people who, okay, it's it's the the complete opposite where it's just that that generic, you know, um, uh, let's book, you know, nice to meet you. Let's book a call and see how we can help each other on LinkedIn or whatever. Right, right. Or I was expanding my LinkedIn um, thing, and you know, you came up, and I yeah. left, you know, and then I so. Do you ever do something like this? And I haven't done this, but I, I want to just test the waters with this. So where you've done a search, you found a group of people that you would like to try and connect with in terms of their, their um, job function or their, uh, their business or their location, whatever the, the filters are that you wanted, you found a group of people. Now you start on your outreach. I always check because I teach LinkedIn. I talk. Right teach people to look at that person's profile to see number one, if they're active, number two, if it feels like it might be a fit and you uh -huh. want to pursue it. So now the first message goes out. So um, would you ever do something like this? Um, let's say my, my, um, my audience are all um, business consultants and okay. there's um, yeah. So let's say I've, I've created a, um, an ebook around how business consultants can use LinkedIn with my okay. top 10 tips or something like that. So mm -hmm. my first message, now I would say you have to connect first before sure. this first right. message. Okay. Let's assume you're connected. Okay. Yeah. So um, in some format, some form of saying, you know, would you be interested in, in my top 10 
tips for using LinkedIn as a business or growing your business um, on LinkedIn as a business consultant? Um, if so, just say yes. I'd be happy to send it to you. Something like that. Does that seem pitchy? A little bit. The okay. the term, would you be interested? Yeah, you don't like that, right? That, okay. that is That screams mm-hmm. salesy. And, you know, would you be interested if I could show you a way to yeah. save money on your car insurance? Yeah. So without getting into a full-blown training here, that's, that is a way to get in and asking them to reply back is better than a, just th- dropping it in their okay, inbox. Honest. Right. Yeah. I'm looking for a way to, um, to uh, qualify people, right? Yeah. So if they obviously say, yes, they're interested, mm-hmm. then they're more interested in that, you know, at least you can send it to them and then follow up. But I'm just wondering if that approach is still salesy. So instead of, would you be interested? How would you frame it? Well, it's, it would be a whole rewrite of that email because first of all, why them? What's inside these 10 tips that I couldn't go Google or go to chat GPT? What is it in your stuff that's unique or different or insightful? So there's, there's, It has to be more meat on the bones is the only way that I can describe it. And yet, um, the reason I'm asking this is because I was listening to someone talking about this the other day on a podcast. Uh And one of the things that this person was saying is that he had a um, a really good first email that he had used for years and similar to that, but longer. So it had a bit more meat in it but it wasn't getting a response today. And that's why he changed it to one sentence type of deal and mm-hmm. it's working. So that kind of brings me to um, the question of like, what's different today with, with the audience than it was, you know, cause you keep saying those are outdated. These things are outdated. So yeah. what, how, what's different today about the audience? They're more sophisticated or well, they, they are, or they're and they're patient. So much more skeptical. Their inboxes are bloated and they're filled with pitches. They're filled with messages that sound like, hey, I hope you had a good weekend. Yeah, it looks like you're a busy consultant or, oh, you like the color blue? So do I. Isn't that crazy? And then they pitch someone. So they're, if, if, if your message isn't written, here's the key, yeah. written to me, not at me. Write a message to me, not at me. Make it feel like Janice sat down and wrote it to me. A message that feels like it's landing in my inbox with intention, not generic. See, generic just doesn't do it anymore because of how bloated my inbox. I could spot an email that is a sales pitch. Sometimes even before I log on to LinkedIn, I could feel it coming through my computer. And too many people don't want to put the time in and the energy and the thought in and what word choices feel good to me. Who am I as a business owner and how do I want to show up? What do I want to convey? How do What intention do I want to start with so that my very first interaction with someone actually starts to build momentum? So, and, and I hear this a lot. Oh, I heard on a podcast or one trainer told me this or, oh, I downloaded a, mm-hmm. a template and it worked. It, somebody made $8 million in five minutes on this thing. Just because something is popular doesn't mean it works. It just means it's popular. Okay. Just because everybody's doing it doesn't mean it works. And just because it worked for one person might not work for you. So this is why people are spinning their wheels. This is why so many people 
are hitting brick walls, whether it's on LinkedIn or email or any part of their business, because they're looking for a tactic. They're looking for that pie in the sky, that one little nugget, that hack that they could use versus stepping back far enough and saying, wait a second, if I'm going to do the work, if I'm going to type out four, five, six emails to someone, why don't I first figure out what I want to convey? What's the intention? How do I want to keep the momentum going with them? How do I even send an email that, and I would never suggest anybody say this, but just to get the the meat here is, how do I stop connecting with someone if there's nothing there? How do I let them know that I'm done? I'm pausing our outreach. Mm-hmm. How do you talk to someone the way they like to be talked to versus sounding like I'm not trying to sell you anything when every word you use makes it sound like you are? So the so in order to be authentic and to be real, I think involves really two sides to that coin. One is that you the person writing it, sending the message has to come from the heart. They have to be real. The only way I find that I can be real with someone I don't know is by paying attention to like what's on their profile or, or what I've learned about that person Mm -hmm. before I reach out. So that if I can include something in my message that shows that I paid attention, would that be like 10 times better? Or is it still not? Still, I mean, Janice, think about how many people say, oh, I popped on your LinkedIn profile. It looks like, you know, again, you writ- you've written two books or, oh, it looks like we went yeah, to the see, same I- college. Yeah. Okay. It, okay. That isn't enough anymore. It, in fact, I would rather someone leave that out yeah. than use it because it brings me back from eight years ago. It brings me back to the LinkedIn training that says, find something on their profile and mention it. Like that's going to open me up and fillet me like a fish. And now I'm going to be the favorite person, your favorite person in the world. It's not enough. People are, are, they're on guard. So when you say something like, oh, what a great article you wrote last week. All right. Okay. But that doesn't make me want to know you any any more than I do. So this- It's funny because there's people that will respond and say, um, basically they'll respond and say, so I'm very busy, basically what, uh-huh. what is it that I can help you with yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. And so those aren't my people. Not only is it not your people, it tells you, you missed the target. Yeah. You, so you missed the target completely. So I appreciate people who do the work, who are getting on LinkedIn, who are sending outreach, who are doing podcasts, who are doing so much of the good meaty stuff in their business. But I feel bad when they don't take the time to close the loop. So they're doing all of the good stuff and they forget that sales is a process. Sales is a conversation. Sales is a service piece. Following up is a is not an event, it's a process. And how do you button up all your hard work in the beginning to ensure that somebody even wants to communicate with you and then maybe eventually hop on the phone with you and then maybe eventually say, hey, Janice, tell me about your LinkedIn program. And so it's it's building that momentum. And I know people will say it's all about relationships. It's all about no like, and trust. And I call BS on both. Here's why. It is, I know a lot of people. I like a lot of people and I trust a lot of people, but that doesn't mean you get a penny of my money. No, like, and trust only gets you a ticket to the game. Relevance and value 
is where I'm going to start communicating with you. If what you tell me is relevant to my world and really will help me in my business and there's value in that, I'll give you a sliver of my time. Other than that, you're getting deleted. That's it. So it's taking the time, all that time, all that energy and money. People invest on programs that do fill up a pipeline, but then will not invest in the piece that I teach, which is the right language and the right messaging. So it feels like you are in the in the process with them, not trying to sell them something. And it's hard to watch, Janice. It really is. It's it's like you watch people in the gym. They just ran 20 miles on the treadmill, but then you go see them and they're at the drive-thru at McDonald's eating four Big Macs. You know that it's something is wrong with their workout. They'll say, I'm not, I'm not losing any weight. I don't understand. Well, I just saw you at the drive-thru. Same thing with my clients. They'll say, Liz, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I have all this in place. And then I ask them my top 10 favorite questions. And then we figure out, oh, you're going to the drive-thru at McDonald's. Now I get it. <laughs> so then and only then are they willing to close the loop, finish that last portion so that everything they do has, has value and meaning and starts to make mo- move the momentum. So are you then saying, though, that it is about building relationships first or not? No, you're saying not. See, you, relationships you're are important. Everything. You're challenging everything, I believe. I am. I yeah. am counter to everything because for 50 years, we heard it's all about relationships. Everything's about a relationship. Well, it, was, it was more, it was more um, transactional back then. Right. But when I hear it's all about relationships, yeah. don't sell, just serve. All those little mantras mean nothing anymore. People are busy. They, they I don't need a relationship with everybody I do business with, right? I mean, I have my kitchen and bathrooms done, totally remodeled. I don't need a relationship with the guy who did it all. I don't. I just need you to show me that you're the right person for the job. And that when someone asks me who did my kitchen and bathrooms, your name comes up. I haven't talked to the guy in three years. But I, we have a working relationship, but not again. You know, what people think is, oh, you have to build relationships. I'm not saying they're not important. Where the relationship becomes important is when you agree to do business together and you treat each other like the human beings we have the capacity to do. And that's where the relationship gets solidified. I might know you like and trust you to get you to talk to you, but I'm going to need some relevance and some value. That's where the relationship really gets enhanced. So the pieces on the chessboard have moved. So anytime you want to throw out a mantra that says it's all about this or, oh, sales are about listening. You know what? Of course it is. But is that all it is? No, it's the whole package. So it's having the the ability to step far enough back and say, where do I plug the holes in a new world? That's so different. And it's plugging those holes and I bet you have a decade. If you plug the holes, you probably have a decade of runway to continue to use those that process. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so um, the two most recent books that you've written, which I mentioned earlier, The Heart of Authentic Selling, mm-hmm. Sell Without Selling Your Soul. Which one's going to help me the most? Well, I because you're a woman, I would say go to Sell Without Selling Your Soul because okay. it does go into a lot of what we talked about today okay. and even the heart of authentic selling. It really comes down to 
being a good human being is really what it comes down to. Now, it, in both of those books, there's examples, there's ways to build value. There's ways to show people that I'm not here just for the sale and and actually mean it. And it's felt, it's, it's, it's not just you saying I'm authentic. It's being it so much that somebody else is the one who says you're so authentic. Yes, yes. It's yeah. having being such a good human being and so good at asking questions and helping people see the value in your offering. That's when they say, Janice, how do we get started? Not, uh, thank you for your, thank you for your uh, information. I'll get back to you. Yes. I know there were, uh, recently somebody said to me on a first call, wow, you've given me such value already. Yes. And that, you know, is now the opening, yes. you know. And, and I loved that. And so it's paying attention to those kinds of things that work, I think. Yes. Wow. Well, I have to say, Liz, you um, you challenged me in more ways than one today. I'm glad <laughs> that I was able to be the, um, the guinea pig in a way because I'm always open to learning. And I know for me, um, I didn't come up through sales, even though I know we're always selling. I believe yeah. I was a teacher and a mm -hmm. trainer. So I was a school teacher, then I was a corporate trainer. I never had to sell anything. All I had to do was go out and show them how to use it. Right. <laughs> right. So I everything I've learned is self-taught and, and uh, there's always room for improvement. So thank you. Thank you for um, sharing uh, your viewpoint and your expertise with us. You're and welcome. And thanks for being coachable live for everybody <laughs> to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would like to just end with, with one question for you to just okay. leave for my audience is what would your top um, tip for sales be for being the best salesperson you can be? What would be the best thing that you could uh, leave with my audience? Oh, gosh, uh, I guess I'm going to stay with the topic that we're on is watch your language. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Watch what you tell yourself and then what leaves your lips. If you say to yourself, oh, I don't want to be salesy, but then you look at your language and you are salesy, that's a sign right there that you're not congruent in your language and who you're being and how you're showing up. And if you don't think your potential clients notice, you're lying to yourself. They feel it. And when they don't respond to you, they don't call you back. They don't hire you. They keep saying, oh, not yet. It's a sign that something isn't lined up externally and internally. And once you get those, like a piece of Velcro stuck together, your internal and external way of being, it's going to be a little challenging in a world that's getting more and more challenging to sell every single day. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank, Thank you, Janice. And thank you to my audience, as usual, for being here and listening. If you like what you heard, please um, leave a review and let us know. And uh, remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. 
Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.